This episode is brought to you by Kendall and Hyde, makers of leather satchels, boots, and belts built to last a lifetime. Two if you count the cows. Visit kendallhyde.com slash madcast and use the promo code MADCAST to receive 15% off your order. Welcome to the best debate in the universe, the only debate show where I argue both sides of an issue and you decide which is more persuasive. I'm your host, Maddox. With me is Sean, the audio engineer. Hello, Maddox. Welcome back to the show. And with me today, deputy moderator, Raka Raka Ali. Hey, man. And welcome, first-time guest, good friend of mine, fellow author, and a regular on Fox News, Red Eye, and Kennedy Show, Michael Malice. What's going on? So good to have you. So Michael is also the author of a book called Dear Reader, the unauthorized autobiography of Kim Jong-il. Rest in peace. Oh, uh, don't say that. He's terrible. Well, <laughs> he's dead now. Well, thanks for spoiling my book. Oh, yeah. Shit. yeah. Oh, shit. Spoilers. Hello. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> so, Michael, in doing research for this book, actually went to North Korea. Really? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that, Michael. Uh, going to North Korea, uh, which I would advise everyone to go because it's furthest you can go from normalcy on Earth. It's like going to another planet back in time. So nothing about it is accidental. The whole country has been consciously constructed. So everything you look at is interesting because you have to look around being like, why is this the way it is? So it's absolutely fascinating. It's the only place on Earth where you're not going to have any Internet access or access to the outside world. So it's really like being in a bubble as well. So it's just a very fascinating place. And hopefully it won't be around much longer. So uh, get in while the getting's good. So are you, you, there's no way you can keep in touch with anyone you met in the country, right? Uh, that's inaccurate. You can, there are ways, but I'm not going to get into how because I don't want to get them in trouble. Carrier so if pigeons. You're, if you're in the country and you're communicating with outsiders, that can cause you to lose your job. And if you lose your job, you might get exiled from the town you live in. So it's, they're very, very paranoid about that stuff because they view the outside world as kind of an infection. So there are ways, but uh, let's just leave it at that. Wow, fascinating. So I'm, I'm guessing you can't normally just send them a letter. You can't send someone in North Korea a letter, right? I think you can, but it's 10,000% a, a sure that it's going to be read. Oh, of course. Um, and it's also sure that why are you getting letters from abroad? Yeah. Uh, you're not supposed to be communicating with outsiders. So it's it, you can't just send them uh, a letter. Fascinating stuff. And also, I want to mention that the late Harvey Picar. Now, those of you who don't know Harvey Picar, he is the author of American Splendor. Well, the, he was the movie American Splendor was about him, and he's a, a longtime independent comic book creator who, before he passed, one of his last projects that he worked on was a book about Michael Malice called Ego and Hubris, The Michael Malice Story. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a real-life supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how did you meet Harvey Picar? How did that come to be? I did a, and this is a great piece of advice for all your listeners. I did a screenplay about a band that the screenplay never got made, and the keyboard player for the band was doing animation for the film. And an email went out from the head of the production company to all the staff that said, hey, Harvey's in town with nothing to do. If you want to hang out with him, now's your chance. And do you know how many people left work at a film production company to sit down with someone who had a movie made about him to learn about his career and, you know, possibly make a contact and, and you know, further themselves? Zero. Wow. I was the only person who took him up on that. And those people who, I, and now if I came in there and said, hey, I'm a, I got a big ego and that's fine, especially on this show. 
if I went into that meeting and thought to myself, oh, I'm going to meet Harvey Pekar, and for the first time in his decades-long career, he's going to write a book about someone other than himself, and it's going to me, going to be me, that would be grounds to have me institutionalized. I mean, that is absolutely a demented air of narcissism. And yet, that's exactly what happened. So, you know, a lot of people who are trying to get somewhere in life, you have to believe that it could happen to you and to put yourself in situations when awesome things can happen and, and don't think your life's going to you know, follow a straight narrative. Ah, fuck hope. No. <laughs> I'm not talking about hope at all. That's not a question of hope. It's just a question of, you know, believe that luck happens. and But you have to make your own and give your luck the opportunity to, to flourish. Yeah, luck tends to, what's uh, what's the expression? Luck tends Fa- to. F- luck, fa- fortune favors the bold. Because you put yourself in position to have good things happen to you. Right. And also the, the persistent. I think that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, persistence pays It's all off. about tenacity and persistence. And Michael, well, Michael's resume. I think persistence yeah. is overrated sometimes because yeah. people need to learn how to, how to take no for an answer. It, it, it's very off-putting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a mixed bag, I think. Persistence. You, you know how you can learn that lesson? Persistence. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good joke, Maddox. Uh, and, and I could just go on and on. Michael's resume is so long. You co-authored the book for D.L. Hughley, his most recent book. And also you've you worked with Matt Hughes and uh, so many. You've, you've ghostwritten a lot of books. Yeah, D.L. and I, I've co-authored two books with his. The last with him, the last one came out in June and it's called uh, Black Man, White House, an Oral History of the Obama Years. And it's absolutely, absolutely hilarious. Very funny. And that was a New York Times bestseller, right? It was. And, and he, if you ever have a chance to see him in your town, Go, because he's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, very funny guy. Well, uh, moving on to the debate from last week. Last week, we talked about the University of Chicago announcing that the school officially does not support trigger warnings or safe spaces anymore. So the question last week was, do trigger warnings and safe spaces belong on college campuses? Before listening to the debate, 92% said, no, they do not. And after listening to the debate, 91%. Wow, 91%. We changed 1% of the listeners. Doing the Lord's work. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't vote because I don't vote for anything, but uh, I kind of switched over to the yes because, like I said, saying trigger warning is a great way to get away with saying what you're about to say. Oh, I see. It's it's just kind of like saying I'm not racist, but it's one of those. Yeah. Well, I wish we had some of the callers who called in this week calling in last week because we got some really insightful voicemail about it. But before we get to that, Sean, I have my real opinion handed to you in a sealed envelope. That's right. It's been in a safe all weekend. It better have been, and not just your jacket pocket. How did you know? Yeah, because I've seen Sean wears really cool jackets all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that he does. Because <laughs> he, he wants a little bit of insurance in case he meets a lady at a bar or something. She's like, oh, what you got there in that, uh, in that pocket, your breast pocket there? Is that- wait, 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 wait. Why would a lady be at a bar? Why, why wouldn't a lady be? Have you ever been to a bar, Michael? That's where There's ladies wh- hang out. There's women there, but there's no ladies. Yeah, you just oh, don't call them ladies. Oh, true. Shit. True. Shots Te- fired. This guy, who is this guy? <laughs> Talking shit about North Korea? Dissing on uh, bar crawling hoes? Bar, bar, <laughs> bar wenches. <laughs> bar wenches. So, Sean, it's, yeah, you have that envelope, and if a girl sees that in your pocket, yeah. she says, oh, my God. She's going to think I'm important. Yeah, you have the sealed envelope from Maddox. That's right. Oh shit. From I, bet, ma- I, bet, I bet girls will do anything to find out what's in that envelope. Well, anything that says top secret for Sean only, uh-huh. and I'm Sean. Yeah. That's a fucking important guy. Yeah. What does it say, Sean? It says top secret for Sean no, only. Wait, in the envelope. <laughs> number 13? <laughs> yeah, number 13. You told Open me to it. read everything. Okay. 
Here it is. He's opening. This is it. This is the moment of truth. Oh, You'll know shit. what I really believe. Oh, this one's a thick one. Yeah. Boy. Phrasing. Nut up against trigger warnings. That's right. I'm against trigger warnings. And what else the, does it say? It says, uh, when someone reads the words trigger warning, guess what it reminds them of? It doesn't let victims lead normal lives. Yep. They're constantly and overtly reminded of their trauma. Yeah. Smart. Genius. Brilliant. What do you think of that, Michael? I'm Are you for you. or against trigger warnings? Uh, I think I am against the idea that there's never a time and a place for them. Um, there is a time and a place for them, but I will agree with Camille Paglia, who said that having them on college campuses is like institutionalizing neurosis. Oh, absolutely. Good quote. And trigger warnings apply to individuals based on different things. Uh, I mean, people handle their traumas in different ways. And to say that, you know, lots of people who are uh, survivors of, let's suppose, sexual assault like to talk about it because they feel it's important that people can come forward and talk about the show that they're survivors. And then you can live a normal life after that. So it's 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 very complicated issue, and to have it be a black and white thing is is nuts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think first of all, the entire foundation of trigger warnings is misunderstood psychology. And as you'll hear in the voicemail shortly, things that trigger people are usually sounds or smells or locations. Uh, if that weren't the case, then the nightly news would have to have trigger warnings before every broadcast because there's but violence. They do. What? But they, they often do. They say things like the you know viewer discretion is advised. Yeah, graphic images. Warning. Yeah, but that's not quite the same. They they just say that for the squeamish and children. Yeah. It, which but by that's the way, exactly I, the same. It's literally exactly the same. Children and and the squeamish. Yeah, trigger <laughs> warning ne- means squeamish. I was never I was never squeamish as a child. I I, I opened my eyes. I didn't blink during violence. <laughs> you never blinked as a child. What are you sociopaths? <laughs> I learned as an adult. It was something that, first of all, I trained myself to stop blinking. Why, why did you ask, is he a sociopath, like it's a question? Oh, real funny. I don't think, because I don't think he's very charming. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of not charming, I hear some voicemail. So, so last, <laughs> last, last episode I talked about at the end, uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh thought that the federal government was encouraging LGBTQ people to become farmers so they can turn red states blue. And as a curiosity, I thought, well, how many gay farmers are there? So I logged on to my old farmersonly.com account, and I logged in to see how many gay farmers there were. Anyway, uh, and I specifically looked up gay farmers who are also Muslim, and there were a handful. But uh, here's here's a voice. Oh, you got one, I'll bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Salam alaikum, y'all. This is Matt Austin <laughs> oh from the last episode. You know, the gay Muslim cowboy from Farmers Only. That's been filling Maddox's inbox, if you know what I mean. Well, I have some bad news for you, baby. I'm leaving you for Sean, the audio engineer. Hey. He's a real ass farmer, Maddox, not like you. Part-timer. Call me back when you learn how to (laughs) kneel five times a day, you selfish, selfish lover, you. Hey, how about that? We got a gay Muslim farmer calling in for you, Sean. Oh, awesome, man. That's their first on my list. Yeah. All right, here's another one. This one is... From Robin Higgins, actually. She was the guest on last week's episode. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why she's calling into the show, but here's what she has to say. Hi, it's Robin Higgins. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to request some weird McConaughey. I haven't heard him in a couple weeks. Oh. And whenever he calls in, it makes me wetter than a used pH test (laughs) trip. So, uh... Pass this along to a mad cox. Great. 
Wonderful. <laughs> that, and that was definitely not Weird Matthew McConaughey calling in. That was Robin Higgins at requesting Weird Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Here's she one. calls you mad cocks. Yeah. Here's one from a guy who has listened to every episode, and he, he listened to them back to back, and he called in for a recap of all the episodes. This is a good one. If yep. you guys haven't heard some of the back episodes, it just gives you a quick recap of all the episodes up to this date. No one changes their mind. Hey, man, I just got <laughs> caught up on the podcast. Um, if the backlash against the new Ghostbusters mostly just sexism, yeah. Should the terminally ill patients have the right to die on their own terms? This is a no-brainer. Gone! Who's that fault for the alligator attack? Okay, it's a cruel twist of fate, but I'm going to have to go give it to the kid. Was it a good idea for the UK to split from the EU? We're drifting closer to World War III on this one. Is she responsible for her suicide? Oh, fuck yeah, but I would still hit it. Star Trek and still <laughs> being gay. Doesn't matter. Star Trek and sex ain't going to happen. Hello. <laughs> Number seven, Pokemon. Maddox. Coughing does not evolve into a haunter. Okay, it's going to be a ghastly. This is fucking basic. Everybody knows that. Eight, banning Twitter people. Okay, I always thought it was Milo, like Milo and Otis. Nine, yes. Ten, yes. Eleven, no. And fucking come on. Go to the police if you're assaulted. Jesus. Trigger warning. <laughs> I'm going to pull in myself. So, yeah, just want to let you guys all know where I'm at. Uh, t-shirt size. It's going to be a large, Okay, small. got it now. Okay, it's going to be a, a small Wait. on the verge of being a medium, but not quite. Okay, okay. we got Thanks. those. So small and a half. Give, give them the small, but have Maddox wear it first. Got uh, it. Okay. More jokes. Oh. If you, want, if you want me to stretch out your shirt exactly in the physique of a perfect male specimen, the torso of an Adonis, uh-huh. that's what I'll do for you. You're going to give it to your boyfriend? <laughs> oh, real fun. Real funny. <laughs> This guy. Thank you. This is like the roast of Maddox mm-hmm. here today. All right, enough jokes because I got a serious. <laughs> I got a serious voicemail here. This oh is from. This is from a guy actually. Um, this is about a guy who actually has been triggered by something based on sexual abuse. Listen to this one. Yeah. This is gonna be hilarious. Hey Maddox, this is your biggest Mexican American fan. Uh, you and by biggest I mean I'm like 325 pounds. So I knew you it. don't have that many, so whatever. <sighs> Anyways, about trigger warnings. When I was a kid, I was uh, raped by a cousin. I was five years old. And I'm going to get into the details, but one of my trigger warnings was butterflies. Uh, I grew up in Mexico, and we have monarch butterflies in Mexico. And my triggers would be seeing them floating around, and I used to just smash them and, you know, tear their uh, wings apart and all that. Um, then I found out that was a federal crime in Mexico, and I got arrested, but nothing happened. So, the thing about trigger warnings is, you know, you're going to have them anywhere. They're going to fuck with you, and, you know, it's just whatever, man. Just let that shit slide. So, that's my opinion. Uh, Sean, chinga tu madre. You guys have a good day. <laughs> fuck your mother. That's funny. So, that was a guy, that was an actual guy calling in with real-life trigger warning. Mm-hmm. Some, so what triggers that guy is monarch butterflies. Yeah. that Nobody's going to put that together. That was my point earlier about that it's kind of idiosyncratic. Yeah. It's something that you can't always predict. It's not, it's not a, a one-to-one causation between a violent act or a sexual assault and the post-traumatic stress that you might experience. Sometimes it's, it's something as innocuous as a butterfly that reminds you of a day that you might, you might have been assaulted or a situation in which you were abused. I think a lot of these tri- trigger but, warnings in colleges are not f- to, like, warn you that something might remind you of the time you were raped. It's often about, like, hey, 
as a woman of this heritage, of this sexual orientation, you have been historically raped, and what I'm about to say might trigger you. Hmm. Yeah, if, if, that's, if you're the kind of person that, that, that is bothered by something like that, you should be shot. Well, okay. <laughs> I like it. Wow. See, see, the, the okay, right the guy. The reason I went to North Korea <laughs> yeah. is I'm Jewish. I was born in the Soviet Union. This was my only chance to see what it was kind of like for my family back in the day. There are people right there right now as we're talking in concentration camps. You can see them on Google Earth. So I'll be damned if I'm giving a talk about North Korea and people are like, oh, I'm Jewish. I don't want to hear about this. No, you better hear about this because while you're sitting here whining in your chair, there's children being starred by the North Korean government. So I don't give a continental damn about you and your feelings on this issue. Yeah, well, guess what? In America, we give trigger warnings. And if you don't like that, you can go back to Russia. (laughs) You know, that's what they told me at JFK when I flew back. Oh, did they? They they tell you right at the customs gate. Yeah. All right, I got another one. <laughs> yeah, they say we have trigger warnings here. If you don't yeah. like it, you go back in time to the Soviet Union. <laughs> Bring us your tired, your huddled masses, and warning well, can, that you might get can, you might get offended or triggered. <laughs> Last week I talked about this guy on YouTube. He has this uh, PBS Idea channel, and he talked about trigger warnings. Here's a call about that. Hey, so I wanted to talk about that PBS guy uh, that you you mentioned in the second half of the show. The guy that sounds like William Shatner. Uh, hmm. I, and I, I, I guess this is also a point I think you forgot to mention in favor of, uh, like, against a uh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I love those fuck ups. So he called back. Here's, here's the real call. Yeah, I fucked that last voicemail up. I'm sure you're thrilled about that. <laughs> the reason why the William Shatner sounding douchebag on PBS said about trigger warnings was bullshit is because it doesn't make sense to claim that trigger warnings are a bugle horn for engagement. If you could get triggered by discussions of rape or violence, how does a trigger warning help you if they could, if they tell you what you could possibly be triggered by? Mm. Also, even people who have PTSD, any you know, anything mm. could easily trigger someone's PTSD. Mm. Knowing this, it's impossible to provide a trigger warning for every person. Oh, uh, uh, look, man! I, that's uh, what you've been saying. Yeah, but here's uh, no. There's a difference. Why are there's you making a really, fun of that guy? I'll tell you why. It's a very important, subtle nuance. All right. Okay. Just because he's basically arguing for the utopian fallacy. Because we can't have it perfect and we can't match it for everybody, then we can't have it for anybody. We shouldn't yeah, even well, try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anything yeah, to say yeah, that? Nothing. Okay. That's smart. Maddox, 100%. I don't know if Genius. he was going that far, but. Yeah. I love it. I love me. All right. Here's another one. Uh, this one. Oh, this one called about the tail end news story. I talked about how they made, they're starting to put children's artwork on adult dresses. Listen yeah. to this. Maddox, you cosmic fuckhole. Okay, sure, you hate kids. But why are you digging around on the internet looking for weird shit that parents are going to buy, like as a one-off thing? My God. I mean, you literally say, like, oh, don't validate your kids' shit. Do you know what you do with children? You have to validate their literal shit so that they don't grow up shitting themselves all the time. You've got to teach them point. what to do at every step. So you got to be like, yes, I acknowledge you did this. Good job. Now try to get slightly better so that they can eventually get there. And then eventually they'll have fridge-worthy things. But until then, you're just hanging up, you know, like badly made Sonic CAD drawing diarrhea. Like you did. Hey, good job. Great. And plus, so they only have like the brain for three or four years, right? So that's not enough time to make any art because apparently it takes that long to make a book. 
Takes much longer than that. Apparently. What was that last part? He said he wants to hang out with you, Sean. Oh, because he's a really cool dude. Cause, yeah, because he thinks you're a cool dude. But that guy's a moron, I think. No, I think he's a genius. No, he's an he's an idiot. He's a dullard. He's a dull knife. He's the dullest tool in the shed. Okay, all right, all right, we got it. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Did that guy not learn anything from the prologue to my second book, I Am Better Than Your Kids, where I specifically talked about how validation is creating shitty art in the world mm. all right We're, we we don't have any, another beethoven today because uh, parents are always validating their kids when they don't deserve it well the prologue oh! to your second book <laughs> is like uh it's like the constitution people quote it all the time right. but yeah, how many yeah. of us have actually read it you know what mm. though mm-hmm. the movie whiplash that came out last year uh-huh Line, word for word uh-huh. quoted my my thesis from my book. Interesting. Oh my god! It says in my book you I have be a zillionaire. Yeah, I, in my book I said that the that the most dangerous words in the English language are "good job." Mm-hmm. Wow! And that that quote is in the book, and it's specifically the same exact thesis too. It's because that that validation. Mm-hmm causes people to stop trying yeah usually people who come up with profound quotes need to go around uh letting people know they came up with it by the way michael uh <laughs> he hit he hit his buzzer is that correct michael do you have something to correct maddox that is on? correct uh, this i mean maddox you're talking crap you're talking absolute complete crap because as you know when someone is putting themselves in front of the public eye they have very little perspective on how well they're doing so it's very useful to have people whose opinions you value tell you whether you're doing a good job or not so when it, someone tells you good job and they're in a critical position to make that call it's very helpful oh wow you know that's a really good point michael really really good point except when they're lying to you like parents are. Never, so the question never is, trust. It, it's not the phrase that's wrong. It's that honesty is important. Well, yeah, of course, honesty. That, but that's what I'm implying. It's what, not of course. Here? Yeah. It's not what you're implying. No. You're implying no one should be validated and people yeah, should be validated. Yeah, everyone sucks is what you're not saying. good at self-criticism. Wait, first of all, first of all, first of all, let's back up for a second. Okay, let's even assume that they're being honest. Triggered. Okay. Triggered. <laughs> you got the trigger. Do you? I know, but I'd rather say Okay. I do. Well, let's just assume that they're being honest. And they give you honest validation. If you need that, yeah. if you need other per- another person's validation to create art, fuck you. Don't do it. You're an idiot. You're, you're an full idiot. Of it. That's nonsense. No. I'll tell you exactly why you're wrong. <laughs> when I first started appearing on TV, I had no idea about whether I'm doing a good job or not. And my friends might tell me, but they're not in a position to know either. So when I ask people who are actually working in television, who have training, hey, am I doing this right? And they tell me, yes, that matters to me, as opposed to me just stumbling around like an idiot, not knowing what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. Well, sure, that matters to you, but I'm not saying that, first of all, that's not necessarily art. I'm talking specifically. Yeah, art. who cares about? you and your life we're talking about maddox well, we're not talking look you yeah, can be you can, <laughs> look uh, you can make that everything argument. relates to him i worked at kfc speaking of relating to me i worked at kfc that was my first job yeah. this will be right? good way to go okay Cook, cooking oh, for the boy. colonel let's see if where I, he's going with this <laughs> quite a career path <laughs> yeah it's all yeah. downhill from there yeah oh yeah real yeah. downhill from going from Just, cooking for the colonel to being a new york Times best-selling author started okay. at the top I, and, so you went from three you went from three letters to 26 great job <laughs> <laughs> started at the top and worked his way down <laughs> like the like the reverse drake no listen if i'm working at kfc and i'm doing my job right my boss can come over and give me validation tell me okay you're doing a good job and you're doing it right but i'm not 
creating art. We're talking about the the kernel of creativity that it takes to create art for the first time. That guy doesn't have it. I was a sandwich artist at Subway. Yes. Okay, great. Now well, there's an Maddox, artist. We, you and I have the same exact editor, and it meant a lot to me when he was telling me that I was doing a good job because I was never trained professionally as an author. So it's important to have validation from people who you respect. And maybe it's the work I do isn't art in the sense of a Picasso, but it's certainly a creative project. Yeah, I'll give you that. Well, here's the thing. I, all I'm saying is the validation is nice, but not necessary. It's good. It is necessary. How else are you going to know if you're learning something yourself that you're doing a good job? Well, that you're presuming the person giving you validation has an area of authority or is the person who's who's qualified to give you that validation. And, and, it's not and, and, a presumption to say that my editor is in a position of authority to give me a good judgment. Right, but I'm trying to generalize. I'm just saying in general, uh, you would have to always assume that the person giving you validation. Like, for example, for me, I get a lot of validation from my fans who whose opinion I generally don't trust. Uh, but for example, I, I get so many contradictory suggestions on this podcast. Hey, Maddox, make it longer. Hey, Maddox, make it shorter. The debate part lasts too long. The d- debate part's not long enough. Who do I trust? Well, ultimately, I trust myself. Yeah. Correct. Well, what you Genius. do is so subjective, too. Yeah. In well, God we trust. You hear that, fucking commie, oh, commie yeah. born boy? <laughs> wow. You want to start something you can't finish? No, no, no. Hey, hey, back to Maddox. <laughs> okay. That's right. I didn't Moving think on. so. Guys, moving on. That call, though, I just want to mention is... Douchebag of the Week. Yeah, that was Douchebag of the Week. That shitty call that spawned this long-ass fucking debate in the middle of the show. All right, here we go. Here's another one. Sean, I think you'll like this one. Oh, yeah, will I? Hey, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Do you know why French Jews don't get <laughs> circumcised? Jesus. They love cheese way too much. Oh, my <laughs> God. God. <laughs> that guy's mm. full of them. Uh, he, doesn't, the, he doesn't have a nickname, does he? I, I have I have him saved in the contacts list as French Joker. French Joker. Yeah, although he makes a lot of jokes. He makes Armenian jokes, uh, Jew jokes, Italian, and Italian jokes. jokes. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of wow. racist jokes. Here's another one. Well, the first few are racist. Ita- making fun of Italians isn't really racist. It's more just kind of like, re- and, uh, re- like re- a, reporting. It's <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Hey, Sean. Do you know why the French invented blowjobs? Because one day they all ran out of cigarettes. And they had to find something else to smoke. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, true, true. Here's another one. Mm-hmm. Um this is a this is a caller. He, he called in last week, actually. Yeah. Hi there, Maddox. It's your little pal Billy oh. again. I just want to share a joke with you, Maddox. I think it's really nice. Okay. 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 Here goes. Here goes. What do you call an Italian person with no arms? You call them a mute. That's good. You call them a mute, see? Is that is that Milo? Stewie. Take care. It's uh, Stewie from from uh, from Family Guy. Wow, that's like oh, how. It sounds like Milo. That's like how an Armenian with no Mercedes is immobile. <laughs> <laughs> ah, real funny. Uh... All right. Uh, here's here's one uh, one last one, and then we'll get to the story of the week. Well, hello, there, gentlemen. I am a Nazi. 
I was listening to the podcast, and a certain caller was complaining that all of you were white people. Well, us Nazis are experts on who is white person and who is it. And True. I can say that none of you are white people. Oh. Take Maddox, for example. He is Armenian. Here is professional tip. If you are at airport and TSA agent gives you sideways look, thinking that you are maybe some sort of Arab, you are not a white person. Sound and French? then we have yeah. Mr. Daka uh, Daka Muhammad Ali. With <laughs> a name like that, more certainly not a white person. And then Sean, thinking, oh, I am Italian. I am certainly a white person. Nine! No. Back in the good old days, we did not consider Italians to be true white people. Ever heard the phrase, Africa begins at the Alps? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy your day. No longer enjoy your white privilege. Uh. I'm then. Am I shirt size is medium? Okay. Uh-huh. We're not sending yeah. you Nazi shirts. Amazing how that uh, Nazi knew the whole Durka Durka reference from <laughs> 80 years after his lifetime. Mm. Oh, true. Yeah. That was not a real Nazi. Well. Well, it could be a neo-Nazi. We don't know. Yeah, a neo-Nazi. We don't judge. We don't judge, we don't judge. Nazis on this show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that's it for the voicemail for now. I might have a few more. Uh, I may play some in the middle of the show. I got so many voicemails this week. Incredible. Uh, but uh, moving on, coming up at the end of the show, I've got some quick news headlines. Uh, but I want to mention, joining us again this week is my deputy moderator, Rucka Rucka Ali. Let's hear your buzzer. And Michael Malice requested a special buzzer for this episode. Michael, go ahead and play yours. Wrong! <laughs> Perfect. That's such an appropriate buzzer for you. He's going to use it a lot. No, I, I don't think so. I don't, I, I don't think he'll have to use it at all throughout this mm. entire show. I won't have to, but I'll choose to. There you go. <laughs> okay, guys. So on to the story of the week. YouTube is facing a backlash this week because they've started turning off monetization for videos that have inappropriate content. Google claims that it has not changed its policy and that this has been their policy for years. But a lot of content creators have suddenly found their videos flagged and monetization has been turned off. So the question this week is, will this cause censorship? This is your chance to vote before the debate. The website is madcastmedia.com. Go to madcastmedia.com, put in your vote. But first, I'm going to argue that it will, what? What do you mean by censorship? Mm. Will it cause, well, I'm, get, I'm getting to that. Okay. okay. And I, specifically, but, by this side of the argument... I know where Ruck is going with this. Yeah, I, I do, too. There's only one way to go. No, no there isn't, Ruck. Okay. You might be surprised. Carry on. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Go ahead with your little show and <laughs> do your little thing, okay? I'll just sit back here and, we'll sit here and, and keep quiet. Yeah. Yeah. You need some validation to yeah. keep this show. I don't. I don't oh. need any fucking validation. Wrong! <laughs> I, 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 great. I know how this show is going to go the rest of the show. <laughs> that was not my ding, by the way. That was Michael Malice's. Mm. All right, guys. This is why I think it will cause censorship. Okay. It's because when you take away the ability to make money from someone based on their content, it gives them a huge incentive to not create content that will be taken away. That's why, that's why uh, copyrights exist and patents, where it allows them to make money for a specific length of time before it comes into the public domain. No, that's not why they exist. Yes. No, so somebody ca else can't steal your idea. I get that. Just but because something has a good cause doesn't mean that's the reason it exists. Okay. 
just because something has positive consequences doesn't mean that's why it was brought into being. I think Sean is seeing yep. that point. But uh, Sean, to your point, you're saying exactly. that- Exactly. Right. You're saying that copyrights exist so that artists yeah. can- pres- But they're not in perpetuity. They can be renewed in certain ways. I mean, he knows this. He's, right, he's right, an right. author, but it, it's, it will definitely disincentivize people- to create things. Right, it will I mean, lead to self-censorship is what I'm, what well, I'm getting at. Censorship, though, I think you have to put something out there for it to be censored. Yeah. You're just not creating. Well, I think it, that's a different... If you're muzzled, if, you're, if you feel like there's no reason to create... Essentially, if, if someone has created conditions that make it impossible for you to continue your art... That's self-censorship. Rucka, you buzzed me. That's what what did you want to say? Self-censorship? Yes. I was buzzing you for the same reason as before. I said, what do you mean by censorship? Self-censorship. Wait, gonna, I, I agree with Maddox here because it, it, it's not even as strong as you're saying. If you're just creating the disincentive, of, like there's plenty of celebrities who are difficult to deal with. Right. So people don't want to interview them or write articles about them because it just becomes a big headache. So it's not even a function of taking away their money. If someone's just a pain in the ass, like a restaurant, you know, if it's a hassle getting your food, you're not going to want to patronize it. So this is a good way to shut down ideas that you don't like. If, if you just make it marginally harder, that's going to affect people on a marginal level. And the higher the margins, the less people are going to be saying things that are deemed unacceptable by the ruler in this case. Correct. Yeah. I, I totally that, agree. Yeah. And that, that censorship? Uh, that is self Yeah, because it creates conditions that, like, basically, everybody experiences this, whether you're an artist or not, when you go to work, okay? When you go to work, you can't say and act however you want. You have certain rules of conduct, certain rules of etiquette that you have to abide by. Well, if you want to keep the job. If you yeah. want to keep your job, right. And and so they're, they're in, they, they've created a condition where money is influencing your behavior and your your freedom of expression. You can choose, you can choose to say whatever you want, but are you going to? Are you really going to? If they are threatening your livelihood? I mean, a threat of violence can silence people. Sure. Well, what about a threat of, of taking of away your not livelihood? Give, of not giving them money. Wait, yeah. look at it, look at it this way. Look at the inverse. From an economic <laughs> sense, this is the same thing economically as bribing people to say things that they deem acceptable. Ooh, that's a good point. So this is the main reason I have not had ads on my website since 1997. <sighs> not a single fucking ad. You can go to my website right now, and I hear you sighing, Rucka. I know you disagree with this, but this today, this week, this story has validated the entire reason I've done that. <laughs> what? I saw you bragging on Twitter. Hey, if only I guess who predicted... Yeah. <laughs> oh, where do I even begin? You're you're so wrong that it like I'm bothered. I'm triggered. Like for the first time, I actually like I'm bothered. Oh, you're you're bo- you're, you're so wrong, and you don't know that you're wrong. Okay, go ahead. Let's okay. hear. Let's hear. Your All right, where do I start? Okay, before we even talk about YouTube, I just want to talk about you for a second because okay. you've always <laughs> bragged about the integrity of not having ads on your site. Yeah. What a hero. Yes. Okay. Why why do you have ads on your YouTube videos? Yeah. Why do you have Kendall and Hyde advertising on this podcast? Yeah, that's a good question. It is a good question. And Let's I, hear the answer. I'll tell you. I right. answer, I, first of all, I answered it on, someone asked me the same exact question on Facebook, and I answered it there, but I'll answer it here for you, yeah. for the listeners. I hope you saying that just now gave you some time to think of what you're going to say. <laughs> I don't oh, need it, Rucka. Oh. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Shots <laughs> fired. This is bullshit. I don't like this at all. Okay, we're now 30 seconds in, and we're I'll still t- waiting for I'll, an answer. I'll tell you why. All I'll right. tell you why. Look. I have produced content on lots of mediums, uh, some monetized by advertising and some not. When I publish my books, there are no advertising dollars behind it. There's only the dollars that come from the publisher. And of course, there's going to be the disincentive for me to criticize the publisher because that's the hand that feeds me, right? And I'm not going to do that, most likely. 
I may, I may, and I'm telling you right now, I have the integrity to do that, but there is always that disincentive because they're paying me. With Kendall and Hyde specifically, I said I have never supported a product on this show and never will that I don't fully support. I have had sponsors come to the show that I have turned down. For example, prescription eyeglass companies. I don't wear glasses, so I said, guys, look, I could try to sell your glasses, but it's going to be disingenuous because I don't wear them. I can't speak to the quality of your product. Another one, a pet company came to me and wanted me to sell stuff for dogs. You hate animals. I, I don't hate animals. Don't all living things annoy you? No, I love oh, animals. I, what about I, birds? I, yeah, bird, they're, they're delicious. All animals <laughs> are delicious to an extent. Now, now, this dog company came to me and they said, hey, we want you to sell our dog products. A dog company? It was a, a company that produces pet supplies, okay. that sort of thing, right? They came to me and they said, "We want you to, we want you to see to be a sponsor on our on, a, on your show, on your network. Will you will you take it?" No, and I, I don't said, believe no. in feeding dogs. <laughs> no, I but I don't have a dog. I don't have pets, so it would be disingenuous for me to try to hawk those products. So That's I true. have turned down money for companies that I don't fully support and believe in. Now, Kendall and Hyde specifically, I 100% value their products. I think they're the highest quality leather products I've ever used. But you know that they're paying me, right? You know that they are my sponsor. So the only reason that you have to think that I'm telling the truth is my past integrity, right? The fact that I have made a promise and, and kept that promise for 19 years not to have ads on my website. Now, it's not perfect because if someone is getting paid by someone, a company... They always have a disincentive to criticize that company now, don't they? What, Rucka? Okay, nice. Very nice little speech you gave there. Thank you. Here's what it looks like. <laughs> Here's what it looks like to somebody not as smart as you, like me. Okay? <laughs> okay. It looks like you made a promise when you were like fucking 14 that fuck corporate America and I'm not putting ads on my little GeoCities site that hasn't oh. been updated, that won't be updated oh. for the next oh, 20 no. years. Okay. And meanwhile, uh, once YouTube came along and you had a, a few more brain cells to rub together in your less than fully uh, hair covered head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shame. Yeah, go on. Go on. Rocket. And then came, uh, how are we going to pay for this podcast? And then came along some sponsors that were not telling you what you need to say, but just saying, hey, make sure to plug my product. Oh. And you had a few more brain cells at this point starting to lose them a bit no. because you're, no, you're nearing no, that yeah. point where you start to shrink and lose your memory and all that uh, is happening. Uh, but your your uh, teenage your teenage <laughs> angst and your adolescent resistance of advertising is kind of a thing of the past because you realized it's not censoring you for somebody to no. endorse your product. To, this, to pay let you me to get, let me get Maddox's back on this one. Go ahead. When you have ads on YouTube, there is not even the pretense that you are supporting these advertisers because it's random or some algorithm. Whereas if you have an ad on your website, it is clear that you are endorsing or at some level know what ads are going to be. No, because you, so you can have ads. But Ma Michael, if you have AdSense or like Google ads, it's catered to the particular person's region that they're in, just like YouTube uh, ads. It's in fact the one in the same company, right? So if a girl um, in in Oklahoma is wa is on Maddox's website, she's seeing an ad for like Teen Mom, and if I'm watching it. If I'm on his website in Los Angeles, I'm seeing ads for like, you know, Beats by Dre. Oh, so Maddox really is talking out of his ass. Absolutely. No, no, absolutely not. First of all, I'll tell you this. For you're you're again arguing the utopian uh, fallacy right here. Because Wrong! No, it is Let the Michael utopian talk. Fallacy. He hit the buzzer. <laughs> what, Michael? What? <laughs> 
It's not, there's nothing utopian about YouTube and Google ads. No, no, I'll tell I, you why. I'll tell you why specifically. It's because he's saying that there's no middle ground. Just because you have content on some monetized platforms doesn't mean you can't ever have a platform that isn't monetized by ads. So look, my website doesn't have ads on it. And it is my one free outlet for pure creative expression, completely free from the influence of dollars, corporate dollars. And I have that unique separately from YouTube, separately from the podcast, separately from TV shows I've done, separately from radio shows I've done, and separately from movies that I've done. I've done a lot of work for a lot of different platforms that have been monetized by different companies and different people, but my website is pure and is the one outlet that I have that will never be monetized by corporate dollars. Corporate what? (laughs) Corporate what? Dollards? Dollards, yes. Dollars? You know what I said, shitheads. (laughs) It's a portmanteau. Listen, you listen to me. Um... I used to watch the Gene Simmons reality show, um, <laughs> and he would always say, like, I am never going to get married because I have spoken out against the concept of marriage, yeah. and I don't believe in marriage. And meanwhile, his uh, his girlfriend of 30 years, mother to his two grown children, would be like, you know what, Gene? Nobody gives a shit. If you decide to get married, nobody's going to even notice. Nobody's going to fucking call you out on it, and who cares what anyone says? It's your life, Right. That's what you remind me of. You're still sticking to this um, this declaration you made in 1997 that you probably didn't really think all the way through and it's not entirely consistent. Why not put Kendall and Hyde <laughs> ads on your website? It makes no sense that you're still not advertising on your popular website of yours. And honestly, I think um, now that you've been explained by myself and maybe by M- Michael and maybe by Sean why you should... Um, put ads on your site. Maybe now that you've stated your case and you've been explained why you're wrong, <laughs> nobody will bat an eye. Nobody will will really give a shit, and nobody will think any less of you if yep. you were to suck it up and put a couple ads on your website and maybe start to make a few dollars so that you can you know pay the light bill. Yeah. What What do you think, Michael? It's dark in here. I, I agree with everything he just said. Okay, that's totally bug. You know what? Maybe I'll put this out to the listeners. You guys can vote on whether or not you want to see ads on my Dude, website. Dude, they don't want to see you make any money. They fucking hate you. <laughs> and I'm not going to endorse democracy on any level. So you yeah. had okay. me and then you lost me. Wow. The author of Dear Reader. Go surprise, back to North surprise. Korea. Yeah. Look, Maddox, of course, the, the listeners or whoever, I mean, they're going to fucking rip on you if you go back on your word and start putting ads on your site. Of course. But who cares? I care. You think people tune into your I show? I thought you don't need validation, Maddox. Then yeah, why do you care? It's, it's not their validation. Listen. It's myself. I'm self-consistent and I have integrity. Maddox, yes. here's the problem. You think people like, you think your fans tune into your entertainment because of your integrity, because, oh, he still doesn't advertise on his website. You're a, you're an entertainer, okay? Yeah. They think your shit's entertaining. Sure. All right, I, I, I'll fucking advertise anything. Just about anything someone wants to pay me to plug, I'll plug it. And people are still going to tune in to me because they are entertained by what I'm by what I'm presenting. Yeah. You know, Rucka, I've heard this argument before because, again, I've been doing this for two decades. And I've heard a lot of different people make this case to me. So my question always is, why aren't there more Maddoxes? I look. I've the looked world around. can only handle one. Yeah, the world can't even handle why one. Why is there one? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm the one. Can I Why make a joke? Yeah. Can, Go ahead. Can I make a joke here about yeah. the Armenian genocide? 
<laughs> well, you'd be like the hundredth. Yeah. Dude, this guy's awesome. <laughs> Please. This hey, is Maddox, if, if you ever uh, can't make the show, if you're ever like sick or something, or if it's like Armenian Remembrance Week, maybe yeah. Michael can just sit in for it. Oh, great. What's it? You what's mean your, Armenian what's your joke? Fantasy Week? <laughs> oh my God! Gosh! Oh. All right, what's your what's your shitty joke, Michael? That was that oh. was the joke. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Great. Try good, to keep up, joke. Maddox. Yeah. Too soon. Okay. So why aren't there more Maddoxes? Yeah. Because there's only one of you. I know you see the world as like everyone's part of a demographic and everybody's the same and we're shaped by our experiences. No, Maddox, you are. Uh, poster child of free will. You have chosen not to be a Mormon, not to be uh, an Armenian living in Utah, the, the, the famous stereotype every that comes to mind <laughs> every time you hear Armenian. Yeah. You have chosen to be, be a white nerd. You have chosen to wear Sega Saturn t-shirts yeah. and to go to Comic-Con right. and to um, not care... Um, if your shirt's been cleaned or not, like you've chosen Ooh. to be a nerd and it's worked Ooh. for you. Ooh. You've chosen not to, not to Ooh. graduate college. Yeah. You've chosen, you've chosen not to get educated. I, I am educated. to write one book every 10 years <sighs> and to uh, post blog posts every several months oh or so. Yeah. It's more than that. It's more than that. Okay. You, you, you diminutive fuck. Here's, <laughs> let me ask you. Jesus, we're hello, going pol at, at hello police. I'd like to report a beating. <laughs> uh, listen, guys, uh, let me give you some examples of how this has caused censorship in the media. Because this is not just me. I'm warning you guys of this. And you think that it's a small thing, but this is going to have huge repercussions. Not just on YouTube, but the world. Because this is what happens when you have corporate okay, influence. Okay, read your little paper. I will. Sorry to distract you. Sorry to take us off course here. No, we're going to come back to this. I'll, I'll buzz myself. Buzz yourself, good. Yeah, let's hear what your little paper has to say about yeah. this. It's called Research Rucka. Yeah. It literally says research in 18-point font at the very Hold top. Boldface. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, the website you printed it from, are there ads on that site? Because I don't know if I can trust it. You don't. You don't know if you can Okay, so it. then what you're saying is about to be uh, just some corporate propaganda. It may be. self-censored half-truth. Well, I'm glad you said that, Rucka, because we do. <laughs> I am, we do have to look at every news source that we receive with mm -hmm. a critical eye. Yeah, because their reputation means nothing. We need to look at who's advertising. Go ahead, read, yeah, read you your do. paper. Yeah. I think so. Absolutely. This is from Jalopnik. Mm -hmm. Jalopnik.com. says here, a reporter was fired after criticizing a dealer. Right, this this guy's name is Ken Hart. Was a 25 year newspaper reporter for Kentucky's Ashland Daily Independent until a few weeks ago. He was fired because he criticized a local dealership ad on his personal Facebook page. Hart was fired the day after posting it. The publisher of the paper wouldn't give Hart a reason for his firing, but the former supervisor told him it was because the owner of the dealership, Chris Fannin, called the newspaper and had an angry conversation threatening to pull his company's ads from the publication's pages. So this guy criticized their ads, and then they, the sponsor called up and says, hey, fuck this guy, and the guy was fired. Well, they buy a lot of ad okay. space. Yeah, sure. Here's, and, here's and? another one. This is from Kotaku. Gaming journalist fired for writing a bad review. Back in 2007, GameSpot writer Jeff Gerstman left the site under suspicious circumstances. It was heavily rumored at the time that his departure was the result of pressure from Games Publisher over a negative review of the game Kane and Lynch. Well, confirming with GameSpot's John Davison that after a succession of challenges with management and advertisers, he was called into a room and terminated because he couldn't be trusted as an editorial director. Okay, 
Well, if I was that guy, I would be as vocal as I could about it. I would make it known that I was fired for saying something honest and negative about a game and say, hey, guys, if you want real real reviews, come over to my news site. Come over to me. Look, it's not easy. I know it's not fair. I mean, life isn't fair, is it, right? But bottom line is anyone could fire you if they don't want to employ you and they don't have to fucking give you money. That's not, it's not the same as censoring you. Well, if they put pressure on you to not say certain things, otherwise they would fire you, then yeah, you have a real hard decision to make. And people have told me a long time ago, they say, Maddox, you can take ads on your website. You don't have to censor yourself. You can just have willpower, right? You just have willpower. But money money is also very powerful influence. Money's a temptation. And when it's sitting there, you think, okay, well, I'm making five grand a month on these ads. And if I simply just don't use the word fuck, I can continue making that five grand. You know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, do you rely on saying fuck? It's that's that's just an example. It's not the it's point. An arbitrary but example. here yeah. is an, a point. You yeah. you you sell T-shirts, right? That's right. how you. Uh, yeah. Is that is that so? Basically, now your 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 sponsors, so to speak, are your customers are your fans, right? People who you're yes. hoping will buy a T-shirt. You might say, "Ooh, you know what? I've got something positive to say about Justin Bieber, but I'm afraid that my easily offended." Um, you know, macho fans might might uh, leave my website when they see that headline, so I'm not going to say that. So, in a sense, you're censoring yourself because you want to sell more T-shirts. And by the way, is that why you care so much what your fans think? Because for the last 20 <laughs> years, you've relied on them buying your merchandise? I, I do not care what they think. If you read any of the comments I receive, if you read... Again, I take the criticism I receive along with the praise I receive with a grain of salt. Because Wait, if I, you can I ask yeah. a question, Go aren't ahead. you just doing what you're accusing these people of doing by censoring these people from allow, allowing them to buy ads in your space? I'm not censoring them. Yeah, but they can't I'm, speak on your website, right? So it's the same thing. If I'm working for somebody else's uh, car company, I have to watch what I say. In, in no, the, in the, uh, no, it's, it's this the same the situation. They want to be smart on guy. your Come website, on. And you're not letting them. No, no, you're See, Michael. Michael, this is what I deal with. This is this is <laughs> this is what he does. All right, he's Maddox speaks out of both sides of his mouth. He walks in here. He reeks of cologne. He calls, <laughs> he, he calls everybody bro. He's got the Bluetooth in his ear, and uh, you know, I just don't like him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where the hell? Where's this going? Where's this debate going? Yeah, I do. I do talk about both sides of the issues. Anyway, here's another one from Vox. By the way, guys, I was hit with this YouTube policy. I was I was hit with this. Yeah. One of my videos was demonetized. You want to you want to see what you want to guess which one? Any any guesses? Um, is it the Spider Woman one? No, that's I, literally the only one I can think of. The well, one where you were endorsing child pornography. Okay, good one. Yeah, well, funny, Michael. <laughs> what was it like the? Let's He's talk got a about list over there. Was it the uh, <laughs> podcast where you were saying let's look at both sides of slavery? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no. Not that one. No. That one's, still, that one's still monetized. YouTube's okay with that. It was. It's actually my video I made about Osama bin Laden Death Day. Yeah. It's a holiday I created. And the one from this year where I, where I created a nice spaghetti dish. Sean, you would appreciate this. Yeah. I made a nice spaghetti dish commemorating the death of Osama bin Laden Death Day. Here's the, here's the top of the video. This is what they censored. Or this is what they demonetized. Hey everyone, I'm Maddox. This year for Osama Bin Laden Death Day, I decided to make a rustic tomato pasta dish. It's a nice warm meal to have on a cold day while you think of the number one terrorist burning in hell. It's a great dish to share with friends and family or to serve at dinner parties. Here's how. That's the video that yeah. they found unsavory. Ni enough. Nice plug, by the way. 
Yeah, thanks. You look like your differences with Bin Laden are trivial. You know, like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. <laughs> I mean, they, they look identical in all fairness. Oh, right. I mean, like funny. Al-Qaeda and ISIS condemn each other every day. They don't get, they're not friends. Got but it. do you know what's interesting? If you had done a video like that, uh, there's a website called Slate Star Codex. And the guy had a phenomenal essay called, I can tolerate anything except for the outgroup. If you had made that video about Trump and wish, waiting for Trump to be burning in hell, they wouldn't have had a problem with it. That's right. Yeah, maybe. There, yeah, I did certainly. We are more intolerant of people who are closer to us or are part of the, the, you know, the same country politically than someone who's literally has nothing to do with you and is a murderous terrorist. That's well, how human psychology works. Let's also look at the facts of this situation. Mm-hmm. This is all algorithmic. This isn't someone sitting at YouTube with a crank deciding whether or not a video should be monetized or not. It's all algorithmic. So there's probably some keyword in all likelihood that triggered uh, the the uh, the demonetization mm. status for I my think video. There's, there's also something to uh, explore with, like, are we comfortable celebrating the death of an enemy? Or do we not have the, the backbone to celebrate the death? Of Bin Laden. I mean, I do. I made a yeah. rustic tomato dish. Yeah, but like, why does YouTube not want? Anyway, I don't know. Okay, well, algorithm. So, so Go here, ahead. here's here's something else. Here's another chilling repercussion from this. This is from Vox. It says the video that sparked YouTube's decision that featured several such topics, including DeFranco. So Philip DeFranco was one of these people who got hit pretty hard with this uh, demonetization. Sounds thing. like one of Sean's people. DeFranco. DeFranco, maybe. Um, yeah, he, it's not only creating pressure for YouTube creators to censor themselves but to avoid news topics entirely so defranco's opinion on so-called social justice warriors who was caught on a leaked video harassing a lyft driver which by the way i have that clip if you guys want to hear it but uh, over the weekend uh, there was a, a this video posted by this lady in los angeles who was in a lyft car and she was offended that this guy had had a hawaiian bobblehead on his dashboard so she started berating him and saying, hey, you, you should take that down. It's offensive to me and my culture. I'm a Hawaiian native, et cetera. You're a white male, which, by the way, he's an Asian dude. So yeah, she was, she, but they're, they're doing pretty well for themselves. So true. we'll just call them white. That's correct. Yeah. Close enough. Well, white, white passing. Well, this, this has been a whole thing historically, how Jews used to use an Italian used to be considered as black. And once someone becomes part of American culture, they go from being a race to being an ethnicity. And ethnicity is just a race that you like. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, I would not uh, consider Armenians to be an ethnicity in that case. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. One after another, Rucka. We're having, to- we're having talks after this. Yeah. <laughs> we're having a talk. Yeah, we're having a talk. All right. And an Armenian talk. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Philip DeFranco covered the story about this lady who's a social justice warrior who was complaining about this, this uh, bobblehead. He also covered the story about the released convicted rapist Brock Turner who just got out of prison, and Chris Brown's recent police standoff. Most of the offensive material seemed to come not from DeFranco's own commentary, but from the news content itself. Now, Philip DeFranco has been a longtime YouTuber. This is his livelihood. This is what he does for a living. If he's not able to talk about the news, because he knows if he spends one-fifth of his week covering this news topic that's going to cause his video to not be monetized, guess what? What? Suddenly, he might not report that news story anymore. Suddenly, more YouTubers might not cover those news stories. Important stories like Brock Turner being released from jail 
aren't going to be covered because people are afraid that their videos aren't going to be monetized. Yeah, I mean, there's a double-edged sword with YouTube. On one hand, it's so arbitrary when shit gets deleted or you can't advertise on it. On the other hand, you could be making a living posting videos that include shit you found on Google Image that you did not clear. Well, no, no, hold on. Maddox, you, you <laughs> quoted an article I wrote about a month ago on, on, on this podcast about Milo and how he got uh, banned from Twitter. Yeah. Th- what, what's happening is, yeah, a lot of these rules are arbitrary, but there's also a market solution, which is like there's a new competitor to Twitter called Gab, G-A-B dot A-I. So they're trying to work around this because, again, a lot of this, it, the guy doesn't have to be a YouTuber. Just like MySpace gave way to Friendster, which gave way to Facebook, if YouTube keeps this up, I mean, there's Vimeo already and there's many other competitors that can put them in their place. So this is a calculated risk that they're taking. That's true. And next time you tell that story, just say MySpace gave way to Facebook. Okay. <laughs> I never heard of Friendster. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Michael's right. There's competitors. There's new platforms. Vimeo and all that shit's going to get bigger the more YouTube uh, tries to become the new Netflix. Oh, great. That- there's always another employer, but guess what? You have to take time off to go find that job, and meanwhile, you have mouths to feed. Can you really afford to do that? That's a false choice, I think. That's a false option. No, but hopefully you how made- is it, it's, How is it false in any way? Because if you have, look, it's great on paper with you guys with your Nickelodeon arguments about, oh, we have freedom. We can you switched publishers freedom. between your two books. Yeah, but it wasn't because I had to, and it's and I don't have mouths to feed. False analogy. But if you have, you have if, one big fucking mouth to feed, don't you? <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Fill it with that pasta with that tomato of Bin Laden sauce. Yeah, uh, it's delicious. I ate that, by the way. So, look, if he you also ate a cricket, I did, that's true. I did eat an insect I found in my apartment. Uh, I was hungry. You're worried spiteful. about a bunch of infantilized adults on YouTube having mouths to feed? These guys are like still in their mom's basement. No, that's not true. That's not true. They're they're often very wealthy. That's yeah. true. That's true. They, some of them have have bills to pay. They have it's look. True. Here's the thing: if some no one is entitled to make a living off of YouTube, but no one is entitled to make a living off their art, right? But <laughs> <laughs> but Maybe you guys, YouTube is also costing themselves money. If I'm if I'm YouTube and I'm demonetizing this video, that every ad revenue is revenue that I'm foregoing as well. Well, sure, but maybe YouTube's long game is this. They incentivize creators to produce content that is advertiser-friendly, and guess what? Suddenly, they, they get all these creators creating more content that's advertiser-friendly. So in the long run, they're going to make more money, I think. No, this is their long game. With any corporation, and this is why I put on my Bernie Sanders hat in this instance, their long game is gentrification, just like on South Park that last season. They want to create content like Disney that is palpable for everyone, that no one gets bothered by, and they don't like things that are edgy and original. That's how corporations work. They don't want the drama. Maybe, but I know some corporations are okay with it because today's episode is brought to you by Kendall and Hyde, (laughs) makers of leather satchels, boots, and belts built to last a lifetime, two if you count the cows. Guys, everything I said about Kendall and Hyde earlier in this episode is true. I love their products. I'm I'm a genuine fan and an actual consumer of their products i use them i use it every day i've used the belt that they've sent me ever since they've sent it to me michael i'm going to show you the boot that kendall and high sent me look at this thing oh i love that yeah it's actually really nice so mike so a lot of you don't know this about michael malice but he is an avid collector of denim right that's correct oh god don't get me down this road yeah those (laughs) boots are sick yeah they're really nice aren't they the trim yeah the trim on these boots they're actually modeled after old world war one boots from the u.s military and then they modernized them, made them more anatomical for today's feet. They're super comfortable to wear. They're very high quality. And also, I want to say this. I don't even know if, if Kendall and Hyde knows this, but when I have 
leather products, especially the leather shoes, leather boots, I find that they don't smell as the shoes that I have that are synthetic, made out of synthetic materials. Those shoes kind of reek after a while. These do not. I don't know if it's I don't know if that's a it's a quality if it's if it's a property of the leather itself. And good leather products last for decades. Well, more and than they that, look better this with, lasts they look you better a with age too. It's amazing. Absolutely. This actually, Michael, lasts you a lifetime. Two if you count the cows. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true, Rucka. These are high quality, lifetime guaranteed leather products. These belts will not fall apart. They have Chicago screws that you can unscrew with a screwdriver and put on your own belt buckle if you want. They're very thick. They're made from full grain leather, the toughest and most valuable part of the hide. It's fantastic products, guys. Madcast listeners get 15% off their entire order. Go to the website, madcastmedia.com. I'll link to Kendall and Hyde from there, or just go to kendallandhyde.com slash madcast. That's M-A-D-C-A-S-T. The code again is madcast, M-A-D-C-A-S-T. Thanks again to Kendall and Hyde for being such a great sponsor of the show and the listeners for supporting us because it really helps us out. Really appreciate it. Yeah. See? See, Maddox? You just uh, gave an honest endorsement, or you were honestly endorsed, and it didn't stop you from being an asshole for the rest of the episode. <laughs> and the, these are these are actually priced right because a lot of these boots often run for five or six, but they're running for three, which is very very reasonable. Very reasonable, and then you get fifteen percent off, so that's what like fifty fifty bucks or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, really good deal. Anyway, guys, now it's time for the other side of the debate, which we've been listening to from Rucka and Michael. Badger, most, mostly Rucka, I think. Rucka, I think you'll like this, though. Yeah. Because I'm going to agree with you. Let's, fu- let's see about that. <laughs> I think that YouTube demonetizing some of these videos will not cause censorship because, and I kind of mentioned this, but it's a question of willpower, guys. So what? They're taking your money away. Are you an artist? Do you have the balls? Do you have the guts to create your art without money? Huh? Huh? Do you? <laughs> We know Rucka's answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a corporate whore. No, but uh, would you create, let's say you've been creating art your entire life. Listen, by the way, I don't know how familiar anyone is with me. I fucking have been a total piece of shit in my work. I have always offended everybody, and I have never been personally endorsed by any company. True. So, like, I am not over here saying, like, hey, man, you got to play ball with the sponsors. No, do what you're going to do. Well, but what? it's not your place to 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 swear off advertising and to say nobody wants to be associated with the real me. You're like a guy who won't go talk to a girl because oh she would hate me if she got to know me, right? Oh. You're like you're 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 having her reject you in advance. No, man, oh. that's yeah. It's instead not of finding your, out later, it's like the reason I haven't really gone out and auditioned for anything for so long is like because I think oh well they, they won't want to be associated with me. So I'm like I'm I'm doing their job for them. No, man, it's not my place to. To, to 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 do that for them, man. It's it's their it's their job. Wait, let me get this straight. Yeah. It's not your place to disassociate yourself from people you don't want to work with. No, it's not my place to disassociate them from me on on their behalf. Yep. Yeah, you let them make that decision. Yeah. The the yeah, you let them make that decision if they decide they don't like you. You and, don't preemptively uh, do it. Okay. And, and isn't that the side of the debate That's you're the on? Side of the debate All I'm right. on. I'm not gonna argue again. Great. Well, we yeah. can close early. Great. <laughs> Play some voicemail. Take lunch, guys. Yeah, guys, I agree. I agree with that point, Rock. A really good point, Sean, Michael, all of you guys. Great point. Yeah, no I, shit. That's why I've been making it this whole episode. <laughs> you can avoid censorship if you want. You just, again, it's just a, a matter of your willpower. You can avoid to self-censor. You can avoid changing your content. 
And you shouldn't, you shouldn't disassociate with them. They should have to disassociate with you, right? That's the argument. Well, is the question, will it cause self-censorship? I don't think so, because you can just simply have it, a strong Was the willpower. question, will it cause censorship? Yes. Or, or will it cause self-censorship? Censorship, and, and under you, the umbrella. You, okay, you think self-censorship is the same as, like, pointing a gun at somebody and telling them not to speak? Yes. Okay, so there's... Now, now I can see why you're so confused. But he's not. Oh my! There's a there's an an article that Ayn Rand wrote in the '60s called "Have Gun, Will Nudge." The point is, censorship is rarely I'm going to put a gun in your head, but it's things like in the '80s you couldn't show drug use in a TV show without having to show that it has negative consequences. So there's all sorts of pressures that governments and corporations put on people and and creators that they're subject to. And it's kind of inevitable, except for now with social media, you don't have to, you know, kowtow to them so much. Well, I think the question is, does the government have any business telling uh, networks? Hell no. Right. Government has no business telling anyone anything. It's illegitimate in all its forms. Absolutely. Well, yeah. So Maddox, why don't you listen to Michael? Yeah, I am. I'm on on the side of the debate. I have nothing to argue with. I totally agree with you guys. But here's the thing. We can't just gloss over this. A decision made when you're coerced is not a free decision. Right. So that's why I say that when self-censorship falls under the umbrella of censorship, it is authentic, genuine censorship. If you are coerced into not making that decision. You're not coerced into it. Eh. Yeah. You're just not being given money to say it. Well, there, or you're being threatened. Threatened with what? To take away your livelihood. What livelihood? Livelihood. Everyone, everyone on YouTube, it's their only source of income. Is that what I'm hearing? No, not everyone, but uh, specifically Phil, Philip DeFranco. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm, on the <laughs> argument, I'm on the side of the argument here that it won't cause censorship. And here's why. Creators might leave the format and the platform, which puts pressure on YouTube to change their policies. So it becomes self-correcting. And that's exactly what Philip DeFranco has threatened to do. Popular YouTube, this is from Variety, variety.com. Popular YouTuber Philip DeFranco, who has 4.5 million subscribers, is one of the leading voices expressing irritation about the service's pulling of ads for violating its terms of service. He said that the ads were disabled recently for 12 of his videos, apparently because they included excessively strong language or covered controversial or sensitive subjects, thereby running afoul of YouTube's advertiser-friendly content guidelines. Look, guys, Philip DeFranco is not some small fry on YouTube. He's one of the top guys. I met him once. Yeah, how, how was it? Uh, it was cool. So we were at a uh, YouTube event, YouTube spaces, where a journalist lady who had been held captive in North Korea for a number of months, maybe Michael knows who I'm talking about. Oh, I uh-huh. know. It's, it's uh, Ling. Ling, whatever Ling, her last yeah. name is. Yeah, I remember Ling, of- yeah. Well, her, yeah. La- her last name is Ling. Anyway, uh, so we were at this North Korean-themed event, and I see Phil DeFranco, and I went over and thanked him because he actually posted a video of mine uh, on his blog, like six years ago or seven years ago, the video on his blog that he plugged was a video called "I'm a Korean," which you might find interesting, Michael, as the author of "Dear Reader," and the song is sung from the point of view of Kim Jong Il. So I walked over and said, "Hey, man, thanks for plugging my video. I don't know if you remember, but it goes, I'm a Korean, and I'd like my Chinese food cooked right." Oh, and he just started cracking up, and he's just like, "Okay, just, just." Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Well, you know, a lot of this argument is kind of superfluous because we've already seen this play out because Sirius, uh, uh, Sirius XM, is a function of this happening. What happened was Howard Stern felt that he was having too many restrictions as a result of the FCC with ground radio. So he went to Sirius where he could say whatever he wants. And now because of Sirius, there's tens of thousands of shows people can listen to. Yeah, but that's a little disingenuous because Howard didn't go just because he stood up for it the principle didn't hurt. free speech. 
He he went for money. They were offering him a boatload of cash. I thought you said that these people are losing their livelihoods. Right. They're losing their livelihoods with YouTube, and now they get money to go somewhere else. Yeah, I, I know. Well, that's, okay. yeah, I agree. Maddox, why, yeah. don't you, why don't you pay me to, well, why don't you pay me? <laughs> <laughs> well, true. Why you, don't you pay me to go uh, give my opinion somewhere? Why? Why? Yeah, because you know, uh, I'll, I'll plug your, I'll plug your little book that comes out in. Oh, I'm not okay. It's, not, it's coming out soon. Well, hold on, Maddox. This is my livelihood. Why, why, why are you I taking not, away my livelihood? I'm not. I'm not threatening your livelihood. Why? Not? Well, yes, you are. <laughs> I need you to pay me to go give my opinion somewhere that you disagree with. No, because Rucka, you and I have something in common, which is that we both create content. And we directly sell our content to our fans. You like me, I yeah. sell merchandise and right. my comic books and calendars yeah. and books and stickers and posters. And these are the things that I produce mm-hmm. that people want and they purchase and I sell it to them at a fair price. Okay, so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to talk about how, um, you know, the my opinion about the time that Armenia started a war with Turkey. Oh, <laughs> and, and, oh. Brought, and it'll be brought to you by Maddox's T-shirts. No. Why? Well, because I'm not paying free. you to do that. Oh, because no. they're free. Okay. <laughs> Brought to you by Maddox's book. Uh, what's your, what's oh, no, your, because what it's never going to be finished. Okay. The point is, I, I, I need you to endorse my, my uh, point of view. Are you trying to make me a sponsor? Yeah. I don't want to be a sponsor. Well, but it's my livelihood, Maddox. No, Why but, are you censoring no, me? Uh, Rucka, I get, I get what you're trying to say here. You're, if I was already your sponsor... And you went out and you tried to do something like that. I might say, okay, well, I'm not a fan of that. And I'll pull my sponsorship. Absolutely, I would. Well, they, aren't you censoring me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're in agreement. That's exactly how it works. Oh, yeah. I, right. yeah. <laughs> That's the moment of realization where Wait, I So think, you are censoring? I, ha- I would be censoring you. It's yeah. not censoring me. Okay, well, ultimately, the decision is yours, but it's not a free decision if you're coerced. Um, this is from Forbes. I want to me- mention this from Forbes. Says, uh, making sense of YouTube's great demonetization controversy. This happens to YouTubers more than it should. And by that I mean YouTubers are semi-annually reminded that they have no real power in their relationship with YouTube, and so they rage out with hashtags and videos saying that they are leaving and that YouTube is dying. But they don't actually leave. This happens all the time, guys. Every I feel like it's like clockwork. Every six months or so, there's some controversy on YouTube. Everyone gets up in arms. Oh my gosh, this is it. We're leaving now. And then they don't. They just, they play by the books. They kowtow. They decide that they would rather have some money than no money. What? Okay, so nobody went from MySpace to Facebook? No, that happened, but it wasn't because of censorship. Dude, this you're totally wrong, and this can be easily proven, because this is exactly how channels like HBO and FX and AMC became a thing, because the networks couldn't handle interesting, innovative stuff. And they left the networks, those creators, to, for greener pastures, and everyone profited as a result, both culturally and literally. Yeah, that's an example of where it worked. I, agree, I would agree with that. So YouTube isn't around, hasn't been around as long as the big three networks, but this is exactly how this process goes. Yeah, no, I agree. It's been, guys, it's been this way for years, actually, on YouTube. Uh, the platform has thrived in spite of these guidelines. This is from Forbes.com. The article continues. It says, The guidelines for monetizable and ad-friendly content have been in place since the first day YouTube began running ads on user content. This is true. These guidelines have always included a prohibition on vulgar language and sexual innuendo, but for some reason, this was not known and never came up for most people on the platform. If it was, you'd think that veteran YouTubers who have been on the site for years, including Philip DeFranco, The Young Turks, Jenna Marbles, and even Hank Green, would know about it. 
and would try to make content within those guidelines. Um, Ethan Klein from H3H3 also came out with a video recently where he talked about this specifically with himself with, with regards to his own videos. He had a video a long time ago that for some reason it got millions of views, but for some reason the monetization was near near nothing, near nothing compared to what their other videos make. It's like being signed to a record label. Yeah, except except you don't know why in this instance because his other videos were doing fine, but this one for some reason was not. And it took a long time, and eventually they found out that it was because of the tags in the video. The tags in the video automatically demonetized his video from the platform. So YouTube has been doing this all along. They're just telling us about it now. Well, you know, you know how we know we've been doing, they've been doing this all along is that's why we have things like World Star Hip Hop. What, uh, what, what do you mean by that? Maddox is out of touch with urban culture, so explain okay, it. Okay, as, as someone what? who's co-authored two uh, urban books... World Star Hip Hop is where you get to see the videos that YouTube can't handle. And this has been a thriving rival to them for many years now. Well, of course, back before World Star, there's also, there's also been Ogrish. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but there's an old website that was, uh, it was along the lines of Style Project and some of these old websites. But Ogrish.com, anytime there was any kind of graphic violence or any kind of uh, yeah. terrible event that happened, I knew that that video existed, and I knew that it would be posted on ogrish.com. And so that's where I would go to see it. What about like, the YNC? What's YNC? That's another one. You Just any horrible video from around the world. I don't remember that site. What, what, Executions, what, beheadings, murders. Yeah. Well, that's what Ogrish was. Yeah. And then Ogrish got bought out by LiveLeak. And to an extent, yep. Li- LiveLeak is still that. LiveLeak still, you can find those, that content that YouTube will not publish and promote. And there's Daily Motion too. That's another one. Anyway, yeah, there are alternatives to YouTube. Uh, if and, and guys, the ultimate argument that this won't cause censorship is the fact that YouTube has thrived with these rules in place since day one. Oh, that's nonsense. That's not an argument. If the rules are in place, but they're never enforced, it's like the tree falling no. down the forest. It's not no, they have, been, they have been enforced, Michael. They have been enforced since I was going to ask at the start of this episode whether they're just now kind of enforcing no. the rules that were already, because they, they say they didn't change their policy. They didn't change their policy. They've been enforced all along. They're just telling us about it now. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I've, had, I've had a million videos deleted by YouTube. I've lost multiple, multiple, multiple channels. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I, if I was a, if I was as pragmatic as you, Maddox, I'd be <laughs> talking about how, hey man, it's censorship, man. You taking away my? It's like, dude, fuck it. It's their website. I don't give. It a shit. It is their website. Mm-hmm. I a long time ago, I criticized Facebook for removing one of my posts. I think that fa- that Facebook took out a couple of my posts actually, and I posted this thing about how Mark Zuckerberg encourages censorship on his platform, and to an extent, yes, but ultimately no, because it is their platform. They own the website. You agreed to their terms of service. They can do whatever the fuck they want on it. And no, it's not it's not fully censorship. It's not censorship in the in the sense that the government is. is it's not censorship you. at all. It is bullshit. Yeah. It is bullshit when YouTube deleted my shit. It is bullshit when YouTube demonetizes Philip DeFranco's shit. It is bullshit when Mark Zuckerberg you know, deletes your fucking post. It's personally, bullshit. Personally deletes. Whatever it is, yeah. It's bullshit. These guys are at, like, these guys are full of shit and they should be called out on it, but it's not censorship. And that's the problem with this debate this week. You've, you've just thrown the word censorship into the, into the question and it's no, one, all of us. no one even knows what the fuck you mean by censorship. Well, I'm going to throw a word into the mix. How about fraud? 
they're presenting themselves as an open exchange of ideas where people can create and say what they want and have their own little videos. And then half those videos they're going to treat differently. That's a fraud. They would probably say, hey, if you read our terms of service, um, you're actually all getting away with murder because we've told you from day one, no, nothing you you wouldn't say in front of grandma and, uh, you know, keep it keep it clean. You no, know, they're not saying that publicly. Publicly, they're saying you can put forth your ideas and, and uh-huh. blah, 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 and we're this great platform. So just because something's in the fine print, that's the very good example of fraud. Like when you go to a car dealership and the guy says this car is great and there's an asterisk, you know, that's fraud. Yeah, it's very misleading uh, to say the least. And also, here's an, an actual, I think this might be borderline censorship on the Facebook platform, but there is an extension that I used to use on Firefox called FB Purity. And then what that stands for is Facebook Purity. And with it, you could, you know, all those all those status updates people write and they say, oh God, I wish I could eliminate all Donald Trump references from my newsfeed or all Hillary Clinton references or all babies or whatever. Facebook Purity let you do that. You could put in filters to automatically hide anything you didn't want to see for yourself to clean up your advertising, to clean up your newsfeed, to hide automated playing videos, um, to hide advertisements or anything you and, wanted and to. And you're saying that's censorship. No, no, no. That borders on it, you're saying. No, here's- People here's, putting their fingers in their ears and not wanting to hear you is censorship. Now. No, because that's their, that's their own personal choice. But here's where it comes to censorship. If you try to link to this in your, in your Facebook status- Facebook will prevent you from doing so. They will bring up a message. I've never seen anything like it. If you type in the link, go to Facebook Purity. I think it's fbpurity.com or just Google it. Copy that link and paste it into your status update. Facebook won't even allow you to hit post. It brings up this red message that says, this website has been blocked from being posted on Facebook. All right, it's Facebook's website. They don't want you to post some shit. What if I want to go on your little website and post a link to fucking maddoxsucks.com? It goes back to what Michael Malice was saying, Rucka. It's not censorship under the law, but it does. they do give the impression that you have this free and open platform to communicate ideas, and that's not the case. It's misleading. Okay. Anyway, guys, that's that side of the debate. Okay, but I, I still have a hard time with you putting censorship in, the, in this week's question. So I think that kind of, um, kind of throwing that word around is kind of where some of your, uh, your problems kind of come from. Well, you disagree— you, what, Michael? You, I was about to back up your point. I'm was, agreeing with him. Doesn't ding mean that's right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Was, everything he said is right. No, but you specifically said that Ayn Rand had that quote in the 80s, which said that- uh, 60s. Oh, 60. Oh, excuse me, all the hell. Uh, where she said she that- She like 110 in the 80s, I think. Yeah. Um, but she said that uh, it, was, it was along the lines of what I said, which is that if your decision is made under coercion, then it's right. not a fully free right. decision. Right. But I, I don't think she, it's not, it's, I mean, this, this is just a pedantic argument over the word censorship. Like, is it appropriate for corporations to use pressure to force people to change their output while at the same time proclaiming themselves publicly as endorsers of this huge, you know, big democratic conversation? And the answer to that clearly is no. Well, we'll have to see on the website, guys, madcastmedia.com. Don't forget to vote on both sides of these issues. But moving on, I have some. I think you can swing it 1% this I, week. I think I'm calling it. You know what, Sean? I think this has been a really hearty debate on both sides of the issue. I sincerely think that this has been one of the best debates on the show. The other one, one of the other ones that I feel like people genuinely had a strong reaction to and their opinions were swayed was the one about suicide. Uh, that one actually moved. Yeah, it moved a lot. It was episode number two. 
Go back and listen to it if you guys haven't. There was a girl who encouraged her her friend, her boyfriend, to commit suicide. And before listening to the debate, a lot of people thought, well, suicide's always your choice. But there can be conditions and there can be situations where you can coerce someone in a vulnerable state to kill themselves. Well, he was at the edge of the cliff, but she, you know, figured oh, The she, metaphorical she didn't, cliff. Uh, the metaphorical cliff, yeah. yeah. Oh, metaphor- God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? They're like, listen, this is nonsense. Are you serious? What? I mean, you're, you're blaming her? You listen no, to the debate, no, Michael. Well, yeah, you should listen because I was the one on the side of it's ultimately your responsibility. And that was the, yeah. I was the hardest stance on that one because it yeah. was, yeah, it's nobody can make you do that. Episode number two, it was episode number two, wasn't it? The, Is that what uh, you're saying? Is that what you're saying, Michael? I, I come from, look, I was raised in a Soviet household and my grandma would laugh when kids in high school killed themselves because she thought it was like weeding out the weak. Yeah. So it's going to be very hard for me to have the point of view that, I mean, just I, what I loathe, and I don't know the specifics of this case, to be fair. I loathe the idea that just because something tragic happens, there has to be a villain and that someone has to be blamed. Sometimes no, it's just a tragedy. Yeah, that's not, I don't think that's what's being said. Your, your grandma no. should hang with Maddox's mom. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you, have, you have no idea how right you are. Absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. But, um, by the way, don't you think the Soviets could like brainwash somebody into killing himself? Uh, well, they did that many times. Yeah, sure. so you can get somebody to. Oh, there you go. You can I, get in I mean, head. if you're going to compare this girl to Stalin, I mean, have to look at her mustache. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, guys, I got a headline. This is from mirror.co.uk. Horrifying moment. Dead girl's coffin is reopened after boyfriend hears noises coming from inside her tomb. Yeah, this happened. The horrifying footage shows the moment a dead teenager's coffin was opened after noises were heard from inside. There were fears that Naisi Perez, 16-year-old, who was pregnant when she died, had been buried alive and woken up in the coffin. So they broke open her tomb. They opened up the coffin, removed as panic ensued in the town of La Entrada in western Honduras. She was buried after apparently suffering a heart attack scare after being caught in the middle of a firefight. They examined her, but they found that she was dead. But uh, it, the video looks really creepy because they're holding her hand and it looks like her fingers start to curl up. And it's hard to tell whether or not that's just some reaction that, that uh, dead bodies have after rigor mortis. But uh, it's really creepy video. And there's, there was glass in the tomb that was broken and they can't explain that. Mm. Guys, just no one say anything. Just, I don't even know what we're talking about. Just, <laughs> just. Another, he- uh, Rucka, welcome to the best debate in the universe. <laughs> I'm on the side of she killed herself. What, for the, this girl? No, yeah. she, they yeah, say sure. that she had a heart attack, but that's really creepy. I don't know, I think it's her fault. Her fault that she, she had a heart attack? I'm trying to find a villain. Uh, another big story from around the web. Guys, this was setting the internet on fire this week. Brock Turner was released from jail after serving three months for sexual assault. If you guys don't remember, this was the Stanford guy who was a swimmer on, on I guess, it's the Stanford school, Stanford yeah. campus. He raped a girl. He was convicted of it. And then the judge sentenced him for six months in jail. The prosecution was asking for six years. He got six months, and then he was released after three months for good behavior. Well, I'm just glad she uh, reported him and didn't take your advice, Maddox. <laughs> I didn't give that advice. You said if there's a threat of violence or if the guy might get upset you reported him don't report rape. i didn't say that i okay. said that sometime- play the tape back okay i said that sometimes that there is a reason people don't report these things but uh oh. this is so the judge in the case judge persky 
took a different tack following the probation department's recommendation of probation and county jail time based on Turner's lack of criminal history and his show of, quote, sincere remorse and the fact that alcohol was involved impairing his judgment. Poor baby. Poor baby. This guy, he was drinking alcohol. He didn't know any better. He, he, just, had, he just had to rate. He, he was drunk, clearly. Well, it's clearly the fault of big booze. Big booze. Lock up big booze. Well, uh, Maddox, are you censoring this man's penis? now this guy this guy though um you know the more i read about this case and by the way guys you know people love to uh parade around this concept of rape culture and how we need to admonish men and it's white men and blah 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 but the guys who caught brock turner were two men all right so if you want to make the case that we need to start you know uh let's bring down let's come down on men for not doing enough it was men who captured this guy and it was men who arrested him but and again, it was men who who gave him a light sentence. So yeah, you can't generalize all men. You can't generalize masculinity. You can't generalize anything here. But this is a, this is a case where, man, when I read this, I thought it was from the Onion. Mm. It it just seems hard to believe that a guy who was convicted of sexual assault with witnesses, that is so rare. This guy was let out after three months. Well, you know, here's the other thing. Does anyone really think that if he was let out after six months, he's going to have remorse? No. You know, fact, I mean, it's and in one sense, it's completely irrelevant if he's there for three months or six months. This this is not going to change him at all. No, no, not as a person. Well, not you can tell no. you can tell where Brock Turner came from just by looking at his parents and the statement his dad made. Yeah, he the statement his dad made in defense of him. It made him seem like a victim. Yeah, he said that oh, all this terrible stuff happened to him and totally changed his son. Yeah, and he, he now said, he's sad. He's sad and he doesn't have an appetite for steak. And now he's 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 really sullen. And he said he's he's a good kid who got who who just did twenty minutes of action. That's his quote. Oh my God, twenty minutes of action. He's like, oh, he's a good kid. And then on Facebook, I didn't. I thought this was satire, but I found a group, a Facebook group, in support of Brock Turner and his family. Yeah, sure. And it was it was his family's Facebook group. They oh. they put up this, and they were one hundred percent not remorseful. These right. guys are this this whole family's garbage. Put them in put them in a trash heap. Uh, is, there, is there another i mean i i'm unfamiliar with this story is there like a defense of him saying that like he didn't rape her or it was consensual or is there any of that going on or no. is it literally just a guy raped a girl in front of witnesses and got six months yeah the, i served three months i looked into it rucka because again when i see these headlines i think oh it sounds clickbaity i looked at the facts of this case and this girl had been really drunk she was at this party brock turner had not only not only ended up raping her, but he also, I guess, groped or kissed one of her friends at the party that was unwelcome. And then Brock Turner... It was like cheating. Oh, God. Jesus, Sean. <laughs> Comic relief, thank you. Thank you, oh, Sean. My <laughs> that, so, I offended Michael. Is no. that... <laughs> um, so, yeah, I looked into the story, and everything, everything is on the up and up with regards to him raping this girl. She had gotten drunk and passed out, but that's not a fucking excuse to rape someone. It's fucking disgusting. Anyway, uh, this guy's a piece of shit, and his whole family should burn in hell. Well, I've always said, I, I said it on this show. I stood up to you and to everyone else who thinks <laughs> uh-huh. rape should not be reported, and, I said, reported. and I said, over oh. here, we believe that rape is wrong. Yeah, that is a stance. I said it. That is officially the stance of the Madcast Media Yeah, Network. as spoken by me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rucka. Uh, here's another one. So, No Man's Sky came out a couple weeks ago. Michael, you, I don't know if you really, you're not really caught up on video games, are you? I no, I'm not. A, I'm, I'm. I my video games ended with the Super Nintendo. Same okay. here. Me oh. too. 
Oh, very tragic. Bunch of a uh, bunch of uh, video game losers. But I still through. play it every day. So. Oh, that's fair. Uh, the, and you do, and Mike and uh, Rucka does own a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cabinet yeah. in this place, which is so, awesome. So uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it. All it's you it's like out there. It's like a magician's cabinet. When you go back in, you become, you come out a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, there's this game that came out a couple of weeks ago called No Man's Sky, and this game was heralded as a, a marvel of video gaming and modern computing because there were supposed to be trillions of planets in this game that you could, maybe billions, but billions of planets in this game that were all procedurally generated with their own procedurally generated flora and fauna, different creatures that were created based on the physics of the planet, so different gravity types and so on and so forth. It was supposed to give you essentially endless gameplay, limitless opportunity to search and explore and find things in this galaxy. Well, after playing it for a couple hours, players noticed that it was really boring. Uh, that, and that's the Somebody real- was saying that. It's like the only people who like it are hardcore stoners. Yeah. I watched people play it on Twitch, and it seems relaxing. It's okay to watch, and it's beautiful. It's like heroin cool. habit in uh, South Park or whatever, or heroin, whatever it was. Remember the- uh, Chasing the dragon. Chasing yeah, the he was dragon. chasing the dragon because yeah. he was too stressed out from Guitar Hero. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there are some some objectives in the game and some things to do, but it's- ultimately pretty boring it's pretty uh repetitive anyway someone created a game like it but for mario brothers they created essentially a, a procedurally generated super mario brothers called no mario's sky and you can download it i'll link to it on the website this is from uh itechpost.com a small group of australian developers came up with the idea of combining nintendo's popular super mario's game elements and the ones in no man's sky the product is now known by its title, No Mario Sky, which was made within 72 hours. So this guy sat down for three days, created a Mario game that's procedurally generated, has planets you can go to, and every planet you go to is like a Mario level. It's 2D, but the enemies are a little bit different. They're procedurally generated Goombas. So some will be really, really tiny, some will be huge, some will fly, some will swim. And then the levels themselves, are, some of the planets themselves are toxic, and then you have different blocks that you can hit and so on and so forth. It's actually really interesting take on Super Mario Brothers and No Man's Sky. I'll get right on that. It's actually kind of cool. You guys should check it out. I'll link to it on the website, madcastmedia.com. But that concludes this episode. Thank you, as always, to Rucka Rucka. Thanks. And Michael Malice for joining us first time. Excellent guest. Sean, the audio engineer. Thank you all for listening, but most of all, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, I was just calling to say hi. Uh, love the podcast, blah, 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 whatever. Oh. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on, man. Like, uh, fucking Rucka says there's going to be a Sean Spaghetti Mixer next month. Oh. I wait all month, and I don't yeah. hear from you guys. So now I'm just, like, drinking a bunch of Italian margaritas to myself. Sounds good. got drunk. a whole, like, two liter full of this stuff. He's never explained what they are. It's like one ounce triple sec. There you go. One ounce <laughs> tequila, some sweet and sour mix, and then the secret ingredient to make it Italian is Clamps. amaretto liqueur. You know, that's what makes it Italian. So he has like nah, a real like drink. Not a fucking clam sauce. Not whatever. a fucking clam no, sauce. There you go, fuck. Sean. Oh. I'm so disappointed. Stuck. <laughs> give me <laughs> his shirt, goddammit. Yeah, give him his shirt. <laughs> it's it's a fucking large shirt. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <give it to laughs> me. I think he's actually Please. drunk. He may be.
Anyways, I uh, love the podcast. Uh, thanks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> per- Persistent Lumberg is getting a little bit more, uh, what, what would you say, uh, melancholy mm. and drunk. Yeah, he's when bummed he out. Yeah, a little bit bummed out. He feels like Rucka lied to him. Yeah. Thanks, Rucka. Me? It was Maddox who lied. No, no, no. I'm talking about the spaghetti mixer. Oh. No, I, that I, was Maddox, that was, too. <laughs> so oh, both Rucka. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got another voicemail. Maddox. Did someone that grew up in the same county as you did? I'm curious, because in some episodes you've hinted as to how you grew up. And I just wanted to know, like, did you grow up Mormon or not? And yeah, I could talk about if that. you left the church, for what reasons? Like, I don't know, I'm just curious, because I also grew up LDS. I ended up leaving the church because it's bullshit. Just wanted you, you know, put in your opinion on that. You know, maybe put out something personal about yourself. Hmm. Also, t-shirt size, dude. I wear it large, man. Okay, Thanks. large. Got no. it. Large. Uh-huh. He's large. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. you know, guys, a lot of people have asked me about this. I haven't really talked about... Uh, yeah, I was Mormon for a little while when I was getting... What? We're running out of time. Oh, We're shit. We're almost yeah, at right. the, like, the two-hour mark. Okay. You're right, guys. We don't have time for that story right now. I have one more voicemail, and then uh, maybe I'll tell the Mormon upbringing story in the orchard and all that some other time. But here's, here's the last one. Hey, Maddox. Just listened to your episode about trigger warnings, and I had a million-dollar idea. I'm going to give it to you, but if you use it, you got to give me half of whatever you make. Oh. What you do is you take a pair of ordinary glasses, and on the inside of the lenses, you write, trigger warning. So whenever someone wants to leave their home, they can just put on the glasses and be reminded that the world is a scary place. <laughs> That's basically it. Uh, one more thing. My brother, my half-brother, actually, he wants to say hi to you. He's oh. Armenian. Oh. Here he is. Look, just say hi, and that's it, okay? <laughs> I love my dog. I am your biggest. Hey! <laughs> you heard what I said. Oh, my God. Do you, do you want to go back in your cage? Oh, That's what I thought. God. Anyway, that's it, Maddox. Fuck go it. ruck yourself, fucka fucka. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> Wow. They let him out of his cage, though. Yeah. He treats him okay. Yeah. Mm. Free, range. Free range. Free range Armenians. Free range Armenians. Come taste me, Sean. I got some, <laughs> <laughs> I got some Armenian for you. No, thanks.